Hey everybody, this is Kevin Alushala, co-host of Imagine Faith Talk. Before the episode begins, we wanted to let you know that this Friday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, we're hosting a conversation on Clubhouse through our Imagine Faith Talk Club. This is a space for you to meet other listeners of the podcast to get refreshed, encouraged, and equipped to tackle your greatest opportunity. We did this throughout 2021, and I can tell you I was so impacted by the conversations. If you want more information, go to imaginefaithtalk.com. Now, on to the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Imagine Faith Talk, the podcast where we believe that faith in God is key to unlocking everything you've been called to be. And on today's topic, five ways to have faith in your uniqueness. I'm going to say that one more time for everybody listening. Five ways to have faith and the uniqueness that God put all inside of you. We're your co-hosts, Kevin Lushala and Donovan Donnell, and we're going to get straight into the topic. Donovan, my guy, my man, I freaking love you, and I have to ask you this question always because we do it. Why is this topic relevant to those high performers with higher values operating in their higher nature? Listen, man, every piece of support is attached to our uniqueness. God made us unique and he's assigned provisions to our lives prior to us even coming here. And so that's how we're identified. Our uniqueness puts us on a unique path and gives us a unique way of doing life. And I think that is the superpower that a lot of high performers ignore. They want to get with the mold. They want to go down the path that everybody else is going down. But it's your unique path that's going to set you apart, set you up for what God considers success and alleviate you of all the extra baggage, confusion and drama along the way. Yo, so you said a word just now that is sticking with me. Superpower. Yeah. Our uniqueness is our superpower. I'm going to be honest with you. I hadn't really ever heard that before because I think so many times we want to fit in the mold. And to you, who's the creative, young, professional entrepreneur out there, maybe you're the person that was not feeling like your superpower was in your uniqueness. Maybe you were the one that was counted out. Maybe you were the lone wolf. Maybe you were the one actually bullied in high school for those quirky idiosyncrasies that you have. Actually, Donovan, okay, I I don't know if you ever felt this, but have you ever felt like you were given the wrong gift? (laughs) Of course I have. I've coveted other people's gifts, man. I'm like, why couldn't I have this? Even if it's something biological, natural, physical. Yes, I have. I've felt, I yes. <laughs> okay, so that you get me. Because, man, coming into the industry as, <laughs> as a classical cellist and pianist and saxophonist and beatboxer, I can tell you right now, I didn't understand why God put me in the position that I was in to be in the music industry when he called me out of academia to do this. Because when I came to the music industry, I realized that the music industry was really structured to maximize support for... I guess what I'll call the pop machine. And if you have an artist in the pop machine that makes sense, the pop singer, the boy band, the girl group, right? There's so much radio publicity marketing that is structured to help that type of person. And if they go into that machine, then they're going to have maximum impact and reach. And I realized I didn't have any of that. 
So I was asking God this whole time, why in the world am I here? Why in the world will you put me here? And it took me so long, and I mean so long, that I finally realized the way that God looks at me and the way that the industry looked at me were two completely separate things. Because God said, hey, what I put inside of you is beautiful. Why are you using the standard of man to tell yourself who I've called you to be? Unshackle yourself from that standard yeah. and follow me. That's it. And I feel like I feel like that's where God wants to lead every single person who's listening to this podcast. I think the one thing I had to remember, I was looking it up right now while you were talking, the understudy for Moses was who again? Was it? Oh, we talk about Joshua. My God. Joshua. There we go. My okay, God. I was going to call him John, Jacob, Jerusalem. <laughs> Iverson, Smith? Man. His name was my brother. name too. <laughs> JR. Okay. JR. Uh, all right. So I was, there we go. Thank you for the name. This is what it comes down to for me as you were saying, why would God pull me into this? Because he wants you to conquer the land. He wants you to conquer the land. My grandfather had this motto or mantra that he led his church with that he passed on to his family. And it's called, and it goes as much more land to conquer. That was the theme, the motto for the church as long as he had it before he passed away. And it passed on to our family, much more land to conquer. And this is something that I think that every high performer with higher values has to understand about their uniqueness. You've been called to be you in that place, which is unique in that place because there's an area there that God wants you to win back for the kingdom. This is why it takes not just high performance, but also higher values because the temptation in those areas are great. The temptation to conform is great, but he's saying stay unique, get the territory, conquer that land and win it back for me. So don't, don't be confused. Yes, that industry, whatever industry you're in already has an agenda, but God is saying, take my agenda and set a flag in that place and you'll have a full participation of having to take it back. Amen, bro. Like you're talking about being an anomaly, being just completely satisfied with what God put inside of you. And actually you and I have talked about this idea a little bit outside of even the Bible study, this whole idea of what even is the success formula, right? And part of the success formula, actually, we're going to say the success mm, formula yeah. for, you, for you right now, just to, to reemphasize this success to us, at least in, in terms of this podcast equals personal alignment plus self-development times faith. And this personal alignment piece is super important because not only are you trying to get aligned to God, but God is trying to align you with everything he put inside of you. And if you don't realize that it's going to be hard to have the success out there in the world that God's calling you to have, because everything that's inside of you is exactly what you need. Oh no. Is that my? No, that was me. Sorry. Oh, okay. Alarm went off to say it made the praise. Hey, have to remember. Father hey. God. Hey, and if you didn't hear this today, you were made to praise. His joy trap literally just told you that. Made the praise. Is that, a, is that a coincidence? Nah, sucker. Yo, I have an alarm. I have an alarm on my phone that says no coincidence. So that's the alarm coming up later on today. So thank Go ahead, speak it. Man, that was so good. And I, I, I like... <laughs> We have this formula. This is our oh, personal man. definition of what success is. You're not worried about the world. You're not worried about everything that's crazy out there. Focus on the uniqueness that you have. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this Bible study a little bit more. So, I mean, Donovan, I guess we just jump right in, man. I say Before we do. We, of course, this is how. This is how we do it. <laughs> 
Uh, now, before we jump in, we always define these words that we're talking about, uniqueness. So let's look at the word unique. This is an adjective, and it says, being the only one of its kind, unlike anything else. Now, this is a super important definition as we get into our first point. Identify the origins of your uniqueness. Let me say that one more time. Identify the origins of your uniqueness. Psalms 139, 13 through 14. This is the first verse. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Donovan, what are you hearing in these verses? What I'm hearing is that we need to praise God, praise him and remember when he made mankind. Yes, it's from one man that we all came forth, but it doesn't mean that you're not unique. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't celebrate your uniqueness. Yes, there's an inclusivity that we're all one race, one human race, one person from Adam. But at the same time, don't lose yourself in the crowd. That's what I'm hearing. We need to praise God that even in the midst of all this, I am an important part of this whole and I think that's something for every believer. Yes, they said we're one body in Christ, but the Bible also says that every joint supplies its need. And I think that that is where we have comfort in the, in the inclusivity, but we also have power in the uniqueness, the necessity of us. I am a necessity. And that's the part that we, I'm really just focusing on here. That's what's highlighted for me, that I will personally praise God that I am fearfully and wonderfully made within the scope of this, this bigger body of Christ. Wow, that that's so good. That that resonates deep with me because what it reminds me of is that God is literally the greatest artist in the universe. And he thinks that we are one of his most beautiful creations. Like, can we sit with that for a second? God thinks that we are one of his most beautiful creations. Little old me. Little old Donovan. Well, not little old Donovan, big old Donovan, but <laughs> seriously, Donovan and you, like we are something that God crafted with his hands. He thought it was fit of him, the great love of life to do that. I think that gives me so much pride in who I am. And that makes me rest assured in everything he put inside of me. Because sometimes I wrestle with myself and say, oh, maybe I'm not sure about me. I, I don't have that. And I think, once again, we don't want to excuse sin in the world. Of course, sin came through one man, Adam, and we all have that genetic code for sin, of course. So if there are things inside of us that are not great, we can't put that on God. God didn't make me sin. God, That's not on God. And the Bible clearly says that. But the beauty that is inside of me, oh my goodness. That came from the one true God. I don't know, that, that, that makes me feel unstoppable when I hear yeah. that. And, and that, for me, it just makes me remember that I'm not fighting, like this one pastor said, I'm not fighting for victory, I'm fighting from victory. 
I'm not fighting to be who I am. I'm fighting to preserve who I am. And that's why when I, when I sit in these groups and I was doing like the counseling and the, um, and the mentoring for people who suffer with depression, suicide prevention, we always said that, listen, your default state is mental health. You're fighting everything else off. You, you are not your anxiety. You are not your depression. You are not those suicidal thoughts. You are still who God made you from the beginning. The rest of these things are trying to convince you to take them on as a covering, as an identity. And we have to be careful of those confessions. I am not sick. I am healed, healthy, blessed, and prosperous. Now, there may be things attacking my body, but I cannot forget that I am healed, healthy, blessed, and prosperous. I am saved. I am secure in him. Those confessions are extremely important. And so that's why when what you said that, that's why I hear my power come into play to remember that I am everything that I already need to be in these Bible studies and this worship time is just reminding me of who I am to preserve it and to keep myself free from being tainted by the, the customs of this world. Well, well then bro, with, with that, then that means we have to fall in love with who we authentically are. Right, we have to fall in love with, with the good and the bad because God knows it all. He saw it within you. Like high performance isn't crazy to God because He's the author of that. I really truly believe that. But that also means He's given you all the tools, like you're saying, to overcome the things that He already knew was inside of you that you needed to overcome. It's yeah. already done. Yeah. It's like I have I have authored this inside of you to win. But then my question, if that's the case, if God knows our uniqueness, right? If he knows the authenticity you put inside of us and he wants us to love that and he's the origins of our uniqueness, why do you think we as humans run away from it? What is it that keeps us running away from Mm. what maybe God made us to be? I think that for me, I can't speak for every human. Um, I try to encourage every human, but when I speak for myself, (laughs) you know, yeah, like, hey, (laughs) every human, listen, um, no, Donovan, listen, I know that I often run when I don't feel like God has my best interest at heart or if I don't really understand his word um, or if I feel like the temptations of the world are just like, it's so great sometimes. Sometimes it's just like I'm so submerged in the culture that it's the first thing I think about. And it's hard not to pursue what's on the front of your mind. But if that's what I continue to expose myself to, It's going to be the thing that I'm most drawn to. And I think sometimes it's not that I'm intentionally trying to run away from God, but I've positioned myself to be drawn away from him by my daily activities and routine. Yikes, man. I I know that feeling all too well, unfortunately. I was actually having a conversation with my own kind of coach about this, where I was going through this this crazy time preparing for a tour that my band was about to do, uh, actually during the Christmas time, and it was so busy. And he said, Kevin, you're busy, and the reason you're losing in your busyness is that you're not standing up for yourself to remember exactly who you are. Like, you're not remembering those things. You have to stay focused. Stay focused. How do you step into you, the person you know God has called you to be? And the uniqueness God's called in you, everything. Because obviously he's called you to this position to be in this band, right? To make music and to serve others. So don't forget who you are. How do you keep that at the forefront of your mind? Is that a daily reminder? Is that like you do joy traps? Is that 
meditating and seeing the person that God has put inside of you, seeing the vision so clearly, writing it down, and then you can write and you can read that vision every single day. I'll also say this. I think we're also made to be relational beings, communal beings. And I feel like one of the reasons I will run away is that I'll feel ostracized because of something that's different about me. So, you know, I'll talk about me in this industry. I felt like an oddball because once again, what this pop machine wanted to be able to maximize success in the world's cultural's eye, I just didn't feel like that was me. And so I also looked at the way people thought and acted and felt being in Hollywood and I didn't feel like them. I, I never cared my whole life to be a musician. That wasn't what I thought God had called me to. And so I felt very late to the game. And so there was a culture associated with Hollywood that I just didn't understand because I never was trying to be part of that culture. So I'm like, God, why am I here? How do I, how do I be part of this community when I feel such an outsider? Yeah. And I think that that goes back to being in it, but not of it. The Bible says that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so maybe maybe it does pertain to our industry. Like we're in it, but we're not of it. And I think the distinction would be the agenda I have when I am there. I'm in it, but I'm not trying to push their movement forward. I am in it, pushing forward the movement of the kingdom. So I'm not conforming to their ways. Like Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But when I think about your story, you told, and I think about my own personal stories as an entrepreneur and everything I was trying to pursue, like the issue for me was that, and I guess this is for every um, high performer also, you might've struggled with this, overcommitting. Overcommitting clouds my thoughts, which eventually leads to forgetfulness. It's easy to forget, it's easy to forget who I am when I'm trying to pack too many other assignments, too many other agendas, too many, too many other movements in my mind. Like I push out that room that was reserved for me to hold tight to my identity. And I think that that's a very practical thing that I've done. Not overcommitting helps me to hold space for my identity. And I don't, I don't know if that really makes sense to you, but it, it just does, man. Oh, dude, 100%. That completely made sense. I mean, I realized kind of from your story, one of the things that I had to do was I had to just spend more time with God because God is literally the source of the uniqueness. So if I'm spending time focused on other people and trying to be in this, this relational communal group, then I'm not focused on the one who put me here in the first place. What if you could put me here not to be of culture, but to change culture? What about you out there? What if God purposely made you different? Maybe all of your idiosyncrasies was not because you're supposed to be of culture. You're supposed to change culture. Now, I'm not saying that was what I was trying to do. I just realized I need to spend more time with the God of all creation so that I could do that. And, and, and I can understand that for me. So that's why you got to know the manufacturer of, of your car. When do you spend time with him? Perfect time is Sabbath. Perfect time is Sabbath. If I had just that one day a week just to get marinated Yeesh. in his presence again and remember, like, this is where I come from. It's his spirit that's inside of me moving and empowering me to do the impossible. It's how can I, it's like, man, I need to spend time with my creator to remember that I come from my creator. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. I, I stopped speaking because that's, that's a word. One more time. Come on. Come on, Donovan. You got to say it. Listen, I have to spend time with my creator to remember that I come from my creator. 
and that he is empowering me to do exactly what he did. And that is create. Amen. So that's why the first point is identify the origins of your uniqueness. If you can identify it, then you can spend time with that origin, which is God Almighty. That leads us to our second point. Purify your definition of success. This one hit Donovan and me so hard during Bible study to purify our definition of success because the world has a definition and God has a definition. And if we do not take what God has for us as a definition of success, we're going to let everybody else cloud our mind and our judgment. And now we won't be thinking in a clear manner that honors the one who created us for capacity and for joy and to understand and love the uniqueness inside of you. Oh my gosh, here, I'm going to read these two verses. What is success to God? I want to give a couple of definitions that I think is really important. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. James 1, 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Donovan, what are you hearing? That, that last part hit me, man. We talked about it earlier, not to be polluted by the world. That means that I need to have a very good, um, what do they call it? A department of... Yes, there it is. The, dep- the Department of Local Government responsible for collecting and disposing of refuse. So I think that that's, that's the biggest part, the Department of Sanitation. That's, I forgot what your question was, but I know that was the answer I was looking for. So repeat the question again. Oh, because you're looking for be- being polluted <laughs> yes. by the world. Okay, that's what I'm hearing, being polluted by the world. So this is, this is where I'm at. Understanding that as you go through life, the world's going to get on you. And if you don't have a system in place to remove the garbage, to remove, to sanitize yourself as you had to go out and in the world. Listen, Jesus was amongst all kinds of people and he was judged for being with the tax collectors and, and the prostitutes and everything else, but he often spent time with God. He went up to the mountain to spend time. I believe that that is all part of the department of sanitation that you're responsible for in your own life. You have to sanitize yourself. I have to sanitize myself because you will become polluted. And polluted doesn't mean that you didn't take on anything that was garbage or toxic. It means that you didn't remove it. That's where the pollution comes into play. It needs to be a system in place to keep you purified. And that's God's presence. And that, that's the Sabbath. So that's, that's really what I'm hearing from that verse, how important that part is. Man, that is so good, right? Especially when it talks about this part, religion that God our father accepts as pure and faultless, right? There's also this part where Jesus says, or or, or the Bible says, be ye perfect, just like our father in heaven is perfect. I'm paraphrasing. But I think that's so important. Not that we're going to be perfect every time. God obviously knows that. But maybe it's about having this perfect system of purification so that you stay reminded, right? This is why you see so many times in the Bible, God says, remember, remember, remember. Oh no, these fools are about to act a fool. Remember, remember, remember. Oh no, these dudes are about to remember, remember. Oh, why are they doing this again? Remember. That's why he's so, so, He God spends meticulous detail on the remembrance. Because he knows that we as humans forget so easily. And I think because we, ref- we forget so easily, I think about this too. Like we look at these verses. One of the things that God, I feel like, knows we will forget easily is that success is not about us. 
we talked about that heavy Bible study and that, oh my gosh, that hit me hard because I'm in an industry where it's about the ego. It's about, oh my gosh, the talent that I have. It's about, oh my, I'm so gifted. Oh my gosh, I praise this person with a gift. The only reason we have this gift, Donovan, for the gift of, of, of speaking, my musical ability, it's not for us. It's to give. God was always other-centered. He was always focused. Jesus, like, I'm sorry, I'm speaking over myself. Jesus literally came down from the education of heaven and used it for us who didn't deserve the education of heaven Mm. as a lowly servant because he so loved the world and he was willing to die for us and give us that education. That one hit me hard because I know, bro, yeesh, coming from the boarding school, Ivy League background that I came from, I thought this education was here to just glorify who I was and my abilities. And somebody slapped me in the face so hard and said, the reason that you have this pedigree, the reason you have this opportunity to network with these type of people is so that now you have the greatest tools to serve the world and add value to other people's lives. That's it. So don't look to you. Look to how you can add value. Bruh, you said a word there when you talked about just remembering because it does lead to that place of just my life is about giving. But even when Jesus came and at the last supper, the last meal, he's like, do this in remembrance of me. And so, like you said, he knew because he had the human experience, like there's a lot going on down here that can distract you. There's a, the enemy has a lot of bait out here to take your mind away from things that are holy. So do this often in remembrance of me. That's why rituals are important. As much as we may want to like buck up against them, rituals, routine are extremely important. And it just leads me down the path to you end up in the same place to where you are so competent and secure because you remember that you have no problem being generous. Let my life be a life of generosity, but I can't be generous if I'm not secure. You know, people who, who are generous, honestly are generous. You, they, I'm, they're good. I'm good. So I can be generous when I know that I'm secure. When I really believe that God will supply all my needs according to his riches in heaven, I don't trip on being generous because I know and I believe with security that I'm good. The other day, Kev, I was praying and God was, uh, me and God were having this conversation. If, if you can understand what that really means. Um, and I was like, God, am I, am I giving or am I delivering? Because the conversation came up like, I'm going to give this and give that. And the pastor was like, you can't give your tithes. You just return it back to God because it's his. And I was like, okay. And so I expounded upon that. And I was like, does a, does a mailman give me my mail or does he deliver it? Because in essence, sometimes I felt like giving at some point it had to be yours. Wow. But none of this is mine. So honestly, I'm just giving. I'm just delivering. What God put inside of me, I'm just delivering because this may not be true if you are an English major, but it's something that I was thinking about and maybe it resonates with you and it might be true. I don't know, but I'm just sharing with you my thoughts. I had to think like, man, at no point do I own any of this. I am a steward. And so I just said, you know, I'm delivering these gifts. I'm delivering these skills, these talents. My life is about just being a vessel. At no point do I own any of it. 
And that was really something that really set me in more humility. So maybe that's a word for you too, or maybe it's just a word for me, but I had to share it because it ties into what we're talking about now. And it helps me to be more generous because I recognize that it's not mine. My time is not mine. I call mine. My money is not mine. My talents are not mine. Without God, none of it is possible. So if he asked me to give it and do it, it's only right. It's a reasonable service to be that delivery person. Dude, that's so good because... Then I think, I think about what it means to be successful in culture's eyes, right? Success in culture's eyes now, it's about how your gifts and talents serve you. And it's all about how you're made to look good, right? So then what that also does, I personally think, is that it puts all the burden of success on your back. Yes. It puts all the hardships oh i'm made to take all these hardships because i I have i have what it takes i'm i'm so unique in my gifting and my craft of course i can handle it all but we were never made to handle it all jesus said why are you worrying and why are you taking all of this yoke that is actually mine to take the Mm. only way You're going to be able to be free in your uniqueness and not feel the burden is if you rest fully in me. It's the only way because I'm the one that put that uniqueness inside of you. I'm also the one that created your character and your personality. I know how you operate. I know I'm God. What what you're describing to me right now is a partnership. Oh, right. Because if if all I'm doing is all that I can do, I'll never see the depths of my potential. If I only set out to do all that I can do, I will reach as far as I can reach and that will be the limit. But when I set out to partner with God and I'm going beyond what I can see, because I'm not walking by, by sight, I'm walking by faith, that's where I get to begin to experience the exceedingly abundantly above what I may ask or think. Because my ability is so limited. And if that's all I'm chasing after and I'm not really diving into my partnership with God, my life is going to feel real limited. And I'm not going to have that divine fulfillment that I know I could have if I partnered with someone who had divine resources, unlimited resources. Dude, this is how you will gain the world and not lose your soul. Your success is guaranteed by God. Your uniqueness is guaranteed by him, but only if you partner. Dude, I was literally reading... <laughs> the point of this podcast, we made this little mission statement. Our whole goal is to make a Bible study about how to leverage your faith for success, weaponize your imagination, and maximize your uniqueness. And the only reason we're able to maximize that uniqueness is in Christ. It's the only way. And if you're in Christ, then you can purify that definition of success, right? We talk about this love transforms you so that when you let his purpose define you, now you can impact the world in the way he's called you to do it. And now you don't feel that burden because you've purified your definition of success by being renewed by the transforming of your mind. That's the whole point. Man, this Bible study was so, bro, this was so lit. I'm so glad that you and I could do this to, together today. I was so blessed by it. And yeah. you guys heard these first two points. Bruh. One, identify the origins of your uniqueness. And two, yeah. purify your definition of success. We love you guys. And we have three more points in the five ways to have faith in your uniqueness. Tune into the next episode. We love you guys. And once again, love transforms you, purpose defines you, and impact activates you by faith. We'll see you next time.
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Imagine Faith Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to be on our journey with us, then there's a few things you can do. First, subscribe so you can know when the next episode drops and share it with a few people you think would enjoy it as well. Second, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to the bottom of our website, www.imaginefaithtalk.com and send us comments, prayer requests, or tell us topics you'd like to hear on the podcast or even questions you'd love us to answer. Third, join our Imagine Faith Talk Club on Clubhouse. This is a space where you can connect with other like-minded individuals, and the rooms are hosted and led by members of our leadership team. You can see a schedule for when our rooms go live on our club or on our website. And finally, follow us on socials at Imagine Faith Talk. It's all one word. We love you all, and we'll see you on the next episode.